I'm your host, Aaron Groves, and welcome to the Pop Podcast. Well, hey, 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 guys, and welcome back to the Pop Podcast. I am your host. And the irony of this conversation today, I have another entrepreneur. Him and I were good friends, well, like five, six, seven years ago when I lived in Columbus. And when I scheduled him and we were going back and forth on social media, I'm like, and it's Ohio State game this weekend. Everything is kind of coming full circle. So I'm stealing a little bit of his limelight, but I brought a good friend and fellow entrepreneur, Nolan Venucci, on the podcast today. He is the co-founder of Connect at the Bridge. So Nolan, say hello yeah. to the audience. Hello, everybody. Good to meet you. I'm excited to be here. And uh, hopefully you guys get something out of this. Um, I took some notes, wrote down some pretty deep thoughts, and hopefully uh, you guys can relate to some of it. We're going to go real deep on it. So Yeah. <laughs> We'll get we'll get you talking. I want to just start out. I like to have you take the floor a little bit and just give the audience yeah. a brief introduction um, on who you are and where you came yeah. from. Sure. So I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, lived there until I went to college. I went to college at Mount Union, which is like a small private school uh, up near Akron. Um, I was happy to get out in in four years, like uh, to get back to here. So I, I moved to Columbus fifteen years ago after college. Um, I've been here ever since. Um, I, you know, before I get into all the details, I think I posted the other day something about my biggest regret is not living in another city uh, in my twenties, which is something that I, you know, um, I think about every once in a while. I'm always kind of like, man, I kind of missed an opportunity there. Still there, but it's a lot harder to do uh, the older you get and to uproot your life. So um, no, I've been here um, 15 years. I had like most people out of college, I had a bunch of basic jobs. Um, I worked at a bank and a call center. I did insurance. I did sales. Um, I did that for about four or five years and I landed at Morgan Stanley, which is kind of where the whole thing kind of starts with the entrepreneurial aspect of it. Um, but they were pretty small in Ohio at the time that I started working there. And luckily they were growing and I was able when I was young and hungry. And so I kind of moved up and got some good positions with Morgan Stanley over time. It was operational jobs. It wasn't anything sales wise, but I did learn a lot of like hard skills that, have benefited me now, like making a good PowerPoint presentation, uh, Excel skills, things like that, that you kind of, everybody needs to be at least, you know, uh, minimally successful. So I was there for about six years and I kind of started to get the point where I was like, okay, are they, um, is, is the corporate world really for me? Cause every day you go in and it's like repetition, the same thing. And you're kind of just, um, you know, they keep dangling carrots in front of you. Like, Oh, you get a bigger raise next year. Or you get this. And so, you know, jobs you don't really love or like, you kind of just are working for the accolades and the money, right? I mean, let's just be honest about it. So I wasn't there to be like, oh man, I can't, I can't wait to do this and this and make our, you know, phone system better. I was like, I want to make more money and I want good uh, titles and things like that so I can go on. That's kind of where most, uh, I think, workers who work for corporations are like, um, you know, they want, they want the big raise, they want the next promotion and things like that. So I got tired of it for about six years. Um, the entire time that I was there, or just about the entire time I was there, I was bartending uh, on the weekends. I just enjoyed it. Uh, the extra cash was nice. Um, you know, student loans aren't cheap, so you kind of had to make sure you had something. And I met a lot of friends, and I met a lot of people that are, um, you know, who I connect with now, who are actually um, going to help, you know, make the bridge kind of a little bit more of what it is. Um, so I did that, and then I got an opportunity um, to take on like a director of operations role 
for the restaurant that I was bartending at. And I I was going to take on that one and three other ones. Um, And what kind of led me to take that jump was the point that I had been there six years and I was just kind of bored. Right. We always, um, I made, I heard this guy say one time, he was like, he was so excited that he was going to be there for another year and get like an extra week of vacation. And I'm just like, is that, is that what I'm going to look forward to? Like, I have to look forward to just that. That's going to excite me. Like that doesn't move the needle for me because I was like, that shouldn't be something that uh, um, somebody else would set for me. Right. I started being like, I need more freedoms. I need to you know kind of create my own path in my own life. And so when I heard that it, it stuck with me. I still remember to this day. I remember who said it. I kind of remember where I was sitting too. It was one of those kind of moments. It was like a surreal, like, Oh shit. Like this is what I have. This is the life that I'm going down unless I make changes. And so when I got the opportunity to kind of jump over, that was the, beginning of my entrepreneurial type, uh, you know, role in my life. Um, I had done, you know, as a kid growing up, I had, you know, bought and sold candy, uh, made, made a little profit there. I, uh, sold t-shirts to like our student section in high school and made money off of that. So I've always kind of had that little, um, you know, uh, niche to me. I'd go mow grasses when it was that, when it was snowing outside, I'd go shovel driveways. You always kind of want to make an extra buck. Right. Um, part of that was cause we didn't grow up with a ton of money. So if I ever wanted like anything, of my own, my parents just told me to go work for it. Right. I had a paper out when I was 12 and been working kind of ever since then. So I started the entrepreneur aspect from that, um, which opened up like the freedom of time. Right. Cause it's like, I had places to be meetings for that job, but most of it was like, you just kind of work on your own. So that was probably the biggest adjustment I had to make, um, is like setting boundaries. Right. So one of the reasons I ended up leaving there after a year and a half was just that it was just, I didn't set boundaries, um, you know, and the owners weren't the, the best at creating them either. So it just got to be the point where it was just overwhelmingly too much work for not enough. And I didn't really enjoy it um, as much as I thought I would. So after about a year and a half of that, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to interrupt you in yeah. terms of the year and a half. So that was when you took the jump from the corporate world of Morgan Stanley to yeah. being running an operations for the bar, correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, correct. so you did that for a year and a half and then... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, go. Um, and, and I, I, I did a lot of things there. You know, we gotta, you got to kind of touch every aspect of the business when you're when it's a small business, which I kind of loved, right? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of pride myself on being like a generalist, which is like, I know a little bit about a lot, right? I'm not very... I don't know. There's not a lot of topics I know a lot about at all. I'll be the first to admit that, but... I'm very good at knowing a little bit about a lot and, and understanding how they kind of connect. So when I, when I got to that point where I was kind of handling some of the finances and I was doing some of the trainings and I was doing, uh, obviously managing, um, you know, all that together, I just really enjoyed it. And I was like, I never want to go back to the corporate life. Um, you know, and, and cause once I had that taste, it was like, nah, I, I, this is, this is what I want. It's just that this, that exactly wasn't what I wanted to do. I just knew I didn't want to go back and work like a nine to five and go into the office and sit at a cubicle all day. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's some great jobs out there that do that. And then people find that rewarding. It's just for me and, and the itch that I had at the time, which is a continual itch. It, it didn't go away. So I did that for a year and a half. Um, but like I said, I didn't do a good job of setting boundaries, um, which is funny because that's like one of the things now that people who work from home uh, are having trouble with is that because you're always on right in a sense you're not you don't have to be in the office to work anymore that they always kind of assume that you're going to be like ready to work and so i've been reading a lot about the struggles that workers have in terms of like they work all the time now because um you know they're they're working from home as opposed to having to be in the office um anyway so i did that and then i left there uh i took about two months off um i was you know uh, in a fortunate enough situation to do that and 
after that, my buddy who came to me, we started Relief Health. And so Relief Health, for those who don't know, is a, it's a medical marijuana office um, in Ohio. We had four offices at one point, but it became, I guess, recreate, not recreational, medically legal in Ohio. And so he was a doctor and we opened up a bunch of offices and saw a bunch of patients. Um, we did that for a year and a half, two years into COVID. Because of COVID, it wasn't telemedicine, so it, it became less of a, it became less work, honestly, because we wouldn't have to drive anywhere. But, um, you know, between that, uh, I did that for about a year and a half. Um, and then I left there it, while I was doing that. So, sorry. <laughs> so that, I mean, working for a startup, for those who don't know, you don't get paid a lot, especially if it's a small startup. Um, you know, we couldn't scale to the point where they could pay me like a full salary. Yeah. But um, so I took a job back. I, I went back to corporate world. I was like, well, I need to get something that I know will be easy. It will support me financially and whatever. So I worked at Chase full time. I went back there. Well, JP Morgan and, and, and Morgan Stanley are different, but I worked there full time, like nine to five. And then Relief Health was on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. We would see patients. And then on Saturdays, we would see patients too. So kind of similar to when I was working two jobs at Morgan Stanley bartending. Um, I was working two jobs then as well. And those were more taxing, I would say, um, after time. But I've always had multiple streams of, uh, of income. I've yeah. always never kind of relied on one. I've always had at least two jobs. Um, you know, side hustles are like the thing now. I've been, you know, doing those for, for decades now. But um, so <laughs> he said he was a trendsetter. A a That's what he's trying to you know, say. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even know at the time, you know, I'm so old. There wasn't even social media back when I was doing it. So I couldn't even I don't have any proof of these things. Um, so, yeah. so I'll be 30, I'll be 38 in like uh, what a week from tomorrow. So you um, don't look a day over 21, but I am going to no, interrupt you. you. I am going to interrupt you. I was close enough to get the gray hair. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I'm going to like the last. What? Sorry. Go ahead. The last three years have been tough. Um, I've, I've, I think I've aged more. We'll put it this way. Like the last three years of life have been all kind of blended together because of uh, everything that's gone on. And yeah. I don't think we've had time to like process it. And I this think year back is and I'm so like, fast. Yeah, I know. Yeah. The other day I was like, wait, what did I do in 2021? Like, wait, did that year just go by and I really don't have anything that like was memorable from that year? It's, you know, travel was shut down for the most part. So yeah. I don't have any like trips to recall. Um, I don't know. So anyway, um okay i have yeah, a question for you okay I'm really cool. yeah pause in terms of boundaries i know this we're going to take it a little bit far back what did you mean in terms of setting boundaries for the audience if they're in yeah. a situation where maybe they're struggling with overworking themselves or they're mm. at a job that's in high demand elaborate a little bit more on what you've done in your personal life to create those boundaries and ensure that your professional and personal health is yeah. top-notch actually so I, this thing says you say yes until you can afford to say no type of thing. And that's kind of always what I've gone by. So you're going to have to, you're going to, there's going to be a point where you're going to have those long hours. If you really want to get ahead, like this whole work-life balancing that they sell you on, um, you know, if you really want to be successful and do something that that doesn't exist really. Right. There's harmony between the two, but you know, um, but boundaries in terms of like, I guess with the, I don't know, it wasn't my company. So I wasn't fully, in, I, I was invested in it, but at that point in time, I was just working too much. I was saying yes to everything instead of saying no. So get comfortable saying no. Um, you know, I think we're too worried about letting people down. It's like, hey, can you help me with this project? You can do this. And if I don't say yes, they might not like me. Um, but like, they've also been in that situation too. So if, if you say no to them, hope they'll understand. Um, it's something that takes some time to get used to, right? It's a little uncomfortable when somebody says, hey, can you, you know, 
do this or do that. Um, I'm a natural kind of people pleaser in a sense, and it, just because of all the jobs I've had, it's kind of had to be that way. But saying no is a big thing. And so just get comfortable saying that, but you're going to have to take some projects on if you're just getting your career started or just, you know, obviously in your entrepreneurial stage, um, you're going to work harder than, than there is, you know, you're, you're going to have times where you're like, man, I'm kind of, I'm tired. You know what I mean? I'm, I've been working a lot. So, but for the boundaries thing, yeah, you got to set them. It's hard to, you don't set them right away. It's hard to revert back onto them because people just get into the habit of just relying on you for certain things or asking for certain things and you kind of coming through and making it happen. So, yeah, I mean, I was working, uh, you know, 60, 70 hours. A lot of it was just being in front of people. And so I don't talk about this as much and I, maybe I should, but like the social meter, right? Like you kind of get, when you're in front of people and you're talking to them all the time, um, it's like this on stage versus off stage thing that we just kind of talk about when you're on stage and you have to have like this boisterous kind of personality or outgoing personality. Um, fuck that wears you out. You know, it really does. Cause everybody who sees you, especially in the restaurants are like kind of excited to see you. And so you got to kind of master energy, um, whether it is your bartending or managing or whoever, you know, people like to know people who manage restaurants. They think it's cool to go. Like, oh, I know the manager. I know this, like, but <laughs> man, that gets tiring after a while. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I, and I, you know, I, I pay attention to, so when I talk to people, I try to remember details. It's just a natural habit I developed because it's important, but um, it just wore me out. So I think at the end of it, it was, it wasn't just even setting boundaries and, and working too hard. It was just that, that social meter of mine was just exhausted. Um, so by the time I left there and taking the two months off, those two months were very, I mean, I needed them. I didn't realize how much I needed them until I was not working and being like, oh, wow, I was pretty wore out. Um, it's not saying you can't do it. It's just saying, just be careful, um, when you are doing that. So anyway, um, I think we got a little yeah. off track, but no, I did relieve health and, and chase. And then I quit both of those, uh, a year ago, pretty much the day, which is, I didn't intend for that to happen. So we launched connect the bridge or the bridge, um, the official name is connect the bridge, but the bridge.com. Um, we launched that at 822, uh, which is like, what, 10 days ago now. Yeah. So a year prior to that, 820 was like my last day at both of those jobs. I didn't quite know what I was doing, honestly. Um, I but love like that. going, going, going back to like the um, corporate world, it was just, I don't know. I think part of me was like, God damn it. You know, like, cause I, I had, I took a job that was more like, it was, I didn't see it was under me, but like I was way more qualified than it, but I just had it cause I knew it'd be easy and I got to have time to kind of build relief health. Right. I really wanted that to work out well. Um, and so, yeah, by the time I left, I was, I just, I don't know. It, I, I was so ready to go. I think it, I was going down like this. I wouldn't say like dark place, but I was just going to a place where I'm like, you know, wh where's this going? I'm not happy. Um, and if I continue to go down this path, it's, it's not going to get better. I couldn't see, I couldn't see a way in which it got better in my current situation, unless I just changed everything. Um, and that includes like some relationships I had, some friendships I had, some things like that. Where it's like, I had to kind of like shed this past me, which is like, you know, kind of this restaurant outgoing guy or somebody who's doing all this to like, I need to reset everything. Cause after like 15 years of working and doing certain things, and I just wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, you know, and, and I think we, we sometimes get down on ourselves because we compare ourselves to other people. It's like, oh, you're 37. Um, you know, you're just now doing this. It's like, yeah, but like, I don't, is that a big deal? But people always set expectations of themselves by comparing themselves to other people. Um, I, I, you know, I don't care about that too much, but when people do that, they shouldn't, is, is my I guess my, my piece of advice. Because everybody's on a different path. Everybody has a different life. I mean, we make 
thousands of choices every week and, and everybody's different. And so um, although those two entrepreneurial things, which is, you know, the restaurant and relief health didn't really work out, um, it led me to here. So everything that I picked up, which is how to talk to people, how to read people, how to understand that kind of stuff, all the hard skills I picked up when I worked in the corporate world. Um, and then for relief health, I pretty much did uh, everything, right? I ran the marketing, I ran the workflow, I ran, you know, the payment system, all that. Um, so even though those things didn't work out, um, the takeaways from those prior jobs led me to be extremely confident in just saying like, I'm, I'm out of here, uh, Chase, I'll, I'll see you later and I'll figure it out. Um, and I, I did. So it was, it was cool. Um, I have man. A, yeah. I, Transition, go ahead. I think there's a lot of people and this is a feeling that I've had. And I talk about my mentor on almost every single episode, but I think when you're in the corporate world and you kind of gave the example of someone else, I was like in a year, I get an extra week of vacation and that's really yeah. what excites them. But you're sitting here like, is that really what I'm looking forward to? And it can be an isolated feeling because I know for me, I was one and I've had two other colleagues at other places out of all of the coworkers that I've had that are in alignment with my mindset, what advice would you give to someone that's in a similar place where they know that this isn't being fulfilled, but they don't quite know where to go or if it's entrepreneurship or how to navigate that uncertainty, but certainty and knowing that this isn't where I want to be in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, so, you know, people have that kind of itch and I'll take this a little different direction. Like, sometimes just talking about doing something is enough for those people to scratch the rich. And sometimes they read books and they try to figure it out. My, my suggestion to everybody is just do something um, rather than just try to read about it or think about it. Just it, no matter what it is, you know, try to build like an online store where you sell knickknacks, whatever it is, just try something different um, instead of like trying to like keep putting it off or saying you're going to do this because my biggest regret is I didn't do this sooner. Uh, and my biggest regret is that we didn't launch the website sooner, right? It's like, just do it. Um, the amount you learn by doing is just way more than it would be otherwise. So if you have that thought in the background, like, I'm not happy, I want to do more, um, you know, just there go, there's going to come a point where you just need to stop talking about it and stop reading about it because everybody likes to like read books and think that they're going to figure everything out before they do it because they want to minimize the risk of like, you know, launching a business. So they go read, you know, Atomic Habits or whatever six <laughs> times and but like stop reading books and just do something right i mean the most some of the things i've learned from the most are like those like non or fiction books that have nothing to do with business because they teach you different things of life so anyway um just do something anything um i don't know just go go to a garage sale and flip some some stuff I, whatever it is i don't want to sound like a, some guys on the internet but just see what that itch is and you'll figure it out like you gotta you gotta trust yourself to figure it out you're smarter than you think you are uh, you know, and if you have to do something after work late at night or do something on the weekends and sacrifice some things, you're going to have to, right? You have to make sure that it's a short-term sacrifice for long-term success. You got to do those things. Um, if you want to be where you want to be, because you're at game days, right? She talks about game days. Um, there's going to be times where I'm not going to have to enjoy the game because I have to work. Right. And that's okay. Um, you can't have both. You can't be where you want to be. Uh, from a business perspective and also enjoy every little thing in life. There may become a point where you become so successful, then fine. But I think we're all trying to achieve that. But in the meantime, it's just going to have to happen. You're going to have to sacrifice things a lot. So get used to that and just do something and, instead of uh, just keep putting it off. You also 
mentioned something which I think, and I know Gary Vee has talked about that. He says one of the biggest mistakes that people in their 20s make is their relationship with time. And I think it's gold. And I like how you just said this earlier, the freedom of time, because I think a lot of people in their mind are like, once I get to this point financially, or once I get to this, and when you really break it down, there's only one thing that you can't get any more of, and that's time. And I think it's something that entrepreneurs have in our minds. It's like, we're not working towards the next title. We're not working for a week of vacation. What most of us are ultimately working for is the day that we can retire, not have to worry about finances and get all of that time back. So for the audience, elaborate a little bit more on your mindset on the freedom of time and why that's important to you in your journey through entrepreneurship. Yeah, no, absolutely. I want to say true wealth is the, is the freedom of time. It's not the freedom of, of money, right? So it's he's like, the one reading books. He's telling yeah. you guys not to no. read books, but he's over <laughs> here. Reading books for you. And let me tell you, there's only, the only thing you'll get out of them are just catchy quotes like that. But, um, <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Time's interesting when you, when you have you know, I work whenever I want. Right. And that's a weird concept to people because a lot of people, um, we've spent most of our lives being told what to do and when to do it. Right. And that's the old corporate mindset of that. So, I mean, the time aspect of it is, is tough, right? Um, you have uh, impulse control is a big thing, right? So it'd be Friday and you're like, Hey, I'm going to go happy. I was like, oh, I, yeah, I can't, you know, so that, that time and impulse control to me are kind of the hand in hand. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I try to set a schedule. I just block time off where I know I'm yeah. going to work. Like, you're not going to, like, everyone's like, oh, you work 16 hour days when you're an entrepreneur. Like, no, you don't. Like, nobody does. You physically can't do that. Like, it's just your brain's going to go to mush. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'll i go and take an hour break in the middle of the day and I don't know, go for a walk or work out or just go eat somewhere. Uh, and then I'll work really hard for an hour and then I'll watch TV. Like, it's, it's, that's the kind of way it is because there comes a point where like your creativity and your thoughts are just kind of like, mm-hmm. it's not coming to me right now. So you have to understand when to snap in and snap out of it. Uh, I mean, there'll be times you have to put fires out and things like that, but ultimately um, you know where you need to be, you know what you need to do. It's just a matter of doing it. I think consistency is um, by, by far the hardest thing that I always deal with. And I think it's probably the hardest thing most people deal with is being consistent every single day. Right. You're not, you're never going to find motivation to work every day. It's just, that's the, I think it's garbage. People tell you that when you wake up, you know, unless you're just a strange person, you're not, there's days you're just not going to want to work. Even if it's working for yourself or you love it, like yeah. you're just going to be like, man, I really wish I could lay here because it's raining outside and it's 60 degrees and you want to, you know, watch a movie that somebody's been talking about all week or so. there's things that come up that absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, that doesn't go away. The not wanting to work thing. Now, when you do work, you feel a lot more fulfilled and you're happier and you're excited to work goes. Uh, and you might want to actually work more than you, than you would if you're at the corporate job. But, um, yeah, managing your time is just, it's tough. Um, you know, don't be hard on yourself. You're going to miss deadlines. Um, absolutely. In the beginning. Cause like when you're getting going, you, you don't know how long things take at all. Yeah. Um, and, you, it, and things always change and evolve. Like when you're at work, it's like, okay, a corporate job, you know, this task take 30 minutes. You can figure it out there. But, you know, I'm trying to, I'm putting, I'm putting together like a investor update um, PDF right now. It's like, okay, I should probably take like two hours in this. And I'm like, I'm two hours into it. And I'm only on slide two. It's like, well, shit. Now I got, I got three more hours to put into this. And like, I didn't plan for that. So understand that it's fluid. Uh, understand it's the most precious thing that you have. Um, it really is, you know, time and, and your health, you know, I do, I, I luckily been, been healthy, but, um, yeah, yeah, just cherish your time. I, you know, it's, it's the older you get, the faster the time goes. There's a, there's some reason for that too. I, I forget what it is, but 
you know, um, months fly by, days fly by, you wake up and you're, you're my age, which is, you know, getting old, but I feel great, but, um, you know, it's true though. It's, yeah, I definitely, I resonate a lot with that. I was even telling my mom, I'm like, it's already September. And I feel like this entire year has flown by. I've already been in Dallas. Like you just think back and you don't realize it when you're going through hard things or your, but whatever's going on in your life, but you really do look back. And I'm like, I I feel like I just saw you, but I literally don't think I've seen you in like five or seven years. It's wild to think how all of this, I mean, it all comes for full circle. I'm going to bring it back a little bit to your business. What were things that you learned from Morgan Stanley and from Relief Health that Mm. allowed you to move in the direction of Connect the Bridge? And how do you feel that those have helped you maybe overcome certain challenges or do things differently based off of learning from experience? Yeah. No, of course. So like I said, more uh, the corporate jobs gave me more of the hard skills. I think it prepared me for that. Um, I had management roles in, all, in my own corporate jobs. And so managing people and managing relationships, whether it be your you know, employees or whether it be vendors you work with, or, um, you know, you talk, you're going to need to talk to a lot of people all the time if you want to ever do anything successful. So I think that managing aspect of it was right. So I was, I, I was in my mid to late twenties when I was there. Um, and I was managing, you know, 60 year old ladies. I was managing 45 year old men. Like, so the whole dynamic of just the different amount of people that you would work with, um, Morgan Stanley kind of provided that, especially in a big environment. It really taught me structure, um, from like a corporate, you know, hierarchy roles, responsibilities, things like that. There's a lot of good that can come out of, uh, working for a place like that. Like they've been around for a hundred years cause they're, they're good at what they do. Right. So, um, but it just, you know, once again, it, it, there's only so much you can do there uh, in accomplishing your life with that. So that was good. Um, Relief Health, I like, I, I did, I mean, man, we I set it up from the ground up. So every tiny little thing that went into it, whether it be like, you know, the email we send you when you register for an appointment, whether it be, um, you know, the social media, whether it be setting up the Google accounts or whatever. So like every tiny little thing that you, if you haven't started your own business, you don't kind of realize all the details that go into it. Like connect to the bridge, like you get an email for the, every action you do on the website. Well, guess what? You have to write those, right? So it's like yeah. every tiny thing, you really start to nitpick and pick apart things. So Relief Health gave me the confidence to do it because I was just, I set up, like I said, I, I did everything and got a business from the ground to where it is now, which I think it does like, you know, $500, $750,000 a year and, and, and whatever. But, um, and that gave me the confidence. I mean, it was an easy practice to sell because it's, you know, it's medical marijuana, but it's like, oh, okay. So it wasn't like it was that. That was the only <laughs> thing I didn't get was like the sales aspect of it, which I'm a naturally kind of salesy guy anyway. Uh, don't, I don't try to come off that way, but, um, you know, it was an easy product to sell. But there was also an insane amount of competition um, and there a lot of roadblocks too. Like, we didn't want to work with you because you were tied to marijuana, you know, or yeah. um, competition. You spent a ton more money than you. So you get creative, um, you know do things out of the box, really think differently because we didn't have the money to spend like some of the larger ones. Um, you know, so that, that was, that taught me a lot about competition really more than anything and just kind of setting up all the details, but it helped me a lot. What were two or three of your biggest takeaways from starting a business from the ground up that you would want to uh, share with the audience, whether that's advice when you're starting a business um, or whether there are mistakes that you made that you're looking back on now, like, Hey, I wish I would have done this a little differently. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, your your first try with everything, right? When you do something new, um, probably won't be great, right? Um, they always say about iterations, right? Uh, they say ten thousand hours, but some guy says ten thousand iterations. You have to have, you know, change and, and adapt and change and adapt. Everything's fluid, so that'd be the biggest thing. Is like, don't get so hard on yourself when something doesn't work exactly the way it should. Um, also, be patient, um, and that's the hardest thing too. Because it's like. <laughs> You really are putting in, you know, if you fail at like a corporation, there's so many backstops where it's like, you don't really ever fail or nothing yeah. ever really doesn't not work out. Right. Um, and with relief, it's like, you know, oh, we're going to do this new, uh, we're going to spend a bunch of money in newspaper ads and do it like this and try It's like, and then you just wasted $10,000 on newspaper ads. And so you're like, Oh shit. Like that didn't work at all. Um, <laughs> but we can get better next time. Right. You take away from it. You yeah. have to understand like, a lot of stuff you're going to do, um, you think it's going to work and it just it doesn't. I mean, it's it's tough. So one of the biggest things when you're starting a business and running it is to get continuous feedback um, from your users. They, they'll give you everything that you need to like be better, right? So they're like, oh, I like this. I don't like this. So no matter how much you think you know, um, keep, getting, keep getting feedback from them because things aren't going to work. So be patient uh, and iterate as much as you, you can to make things better. Would probably be the biggest two biggest takeaways. What did you learn most about yourself personally through that journey that you feel is going to set you up for success in the bridge or connect at the bridge? Yeah, no, absolutely. The 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 year that I had off, I took a year off of work with like a which is wild. One day I'll tell the whole story, but um the, you know Go. It, Today's no, your day. <laughs> We're going to no, be here no. all day. We're going to, you know, listen, there's some stories in there that I, I don't want the police knocking on my door. I'm kidding. But <laughs> there's, it's like somebody, I forget where I read it, but somebody's like, what's the one thing that you would do over um, when you went to start your business? And it was like, take time off, like three to six months off. And they're like, it's, it's honestly right. Cause you're in such a wow. mindset. This is a like, sign guys. I'm, I'm currently laid off of my job and I've never been yeah. laid off and it's two months and I want to start a business. And I'm like, you're on to something. Keep going. I just yeah. It, it doesn't really like kick in until like three months after like kind of decompressing from the old life. I don't know how to tell you that. I mean, I, I wish I could tell you something different, but those first like three, four months, like I didn't have anything kind of, I had some ideas. I, the bridge is, it was a huge idea. There was a small idea that now it's, it's land somewhere in the middle, but man, those first three to four months, like I probably should say this a lot. Like I didn't do much of anything. I'll be honest with you. I just needed to decompress. I think I didn't realize how like down a path I was going that I wasn't happy in a sense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, not to open that up too much, but like I went on a lot of walks. I it was in the middle of part of it was in the middle of winter. So it was like, you know, depressing outside here in Ohio. So um, I didn't do a lot. And I, even when I tried to do work, I just, it didn't really come out. Right. My ideas weren't really flowing. Uh, and then all of a sudden, like it kind of just clicked. I don't know. Like I've always been, obviously I two, three jobs at one time. I've always liked to work at work. Doesn't scare me. I don't mind putting the time in, but like, I don't know, those first three months or so, I, I, I mean, caught up on sleep. I did all kinds of stuff. Right. So yeah. I just wasn't ready to like go down that path. And I think it to kind of switch your mindset into being like, okay. Um, and now it's completely on you. Whereas before there's, like I said, when you work for a corporation, there's always that kind of fallback. Like if you fail, you don't really fail unless you really fucking fail. They're not going to fire you. Um, so that having that kind of backstop, um, I kind of had to like get rid of that mentality. I don't know how to explain it really unless you go through it, but I wasn't fully ready to like dive into this until probably four months after like quitting. Uh, how did Chase. you know that 
So you didn't launch Connect at the Bridge. Uh, you took a year off. How did you know it was yeah. time for you to leave Chase? And I read that you put in your letter, I will create the life I want, which I <laughs> yeah, think yeah. is gold. And yeah. obviously everyone listening knows that you're very direct. It must be the Ohio NS. But how did you know it was time for you to leave? And I always ask two-part questions. I need to stop doing this. But the second half of this is how did you overcome that fear of being like, okay, I don't have a next step, but I know that leaving is the best choice I can make for myself. Yeah. Um, I, man, I, I, I mean, tangible things I was calling off, uh, a lot, which is not something I like to do. I just was waking up and being like, shit, I don't damn it. Like every single day when you wake up every, and you go to work and you're like, you know, I don't know if you live for the weekends cause you have to work. That's yeah. not, that's not, a, that's not the best thing. Right. So it's, I was kind of like that way. And I was just waking up every day, like, man, really, this is where we're at. And I, I don't know. That's kind of where it was. I just, I got to the point where I think they started making us come back in office and I went to work from home. That was a part of it. I was just like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go sit in traffic for a, an hour round trip every day and talk to people who, you know, don't, I just don't care to talk to, you know, people who always go by your desk and things like that. So I, the, the commute time, um, the commuting, the, all of it just was like, I don't like this job. Thankfully we've been working from home. So it's kind of easy. Um, which is something we can dig into if you want, but I just, the thought of going back into a corporate office and like a fluorescent hell full of light bulbs just was like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this anymore. And I, I, you know, I think when you're really desperate like that, that's when real change happens. Right. If you, yeah. if you think about like, you know, if, I don't know anything, anything in life, you have to be desperate enough to want to make the change. And I was at the point where I was like, I'm really not happy. Like depression is a thing that, yeah, it can be like your whole life, but there's also, there's two, three month, four month periods in your life where you can certainly be uh, depressed. And I think I was going down that road and I could just kind of feel it coming. And I was like, if I don't throw my hands up now and just say like, fuck it, I, it's not going to be good in a year from now. I'll just be even more happy, so, uh, unhappy, excuse me. Um, so I just did it. And I don't know, it's, it was wild to think about. I, we're here now. I'm, I'm excited to hear now, but God, it was, it was a wild time. It was fun, but um, I learned a lot about myself. I changed a lot of my perspective on things. I realized what Elaborate. Was what did you learn about yourself in that time off? I think it's not a lot of people have the financial opportunity to take a year off of work, obviously. I sold my well, I sold my car. That was part of it. I lived off of that for a while. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I put myself in a position to to kind of do it. I didn't, it's like I had like a huge nest egg, but I sold my car, which was nice. I live in a walkable neighborhood, um, which honestly is like the best decision I've made uh, like outside of like a business it's like not owning a car. It's such a pain in the ass. I don't know how people, you don't realize until you don't have one. Like I don't, I don't ever really miss it too. But anyways, I saw, I saw my car. And then when I, I got bought, my equity was bought out of uh, relief health at the time. So between that and a little bit of savings, um, you know, and some hustling while, while I was uh, unemployed, um, you know, we made it. Um, it was, it got close at times, but it was, it was, it was fun. So what I learned about myself, I, I think a lot of times I realized that I was filling up other people's cups instead of filling up my own. I wasn't spending enough time with myself. I was that guy who was scared to kind of say no. Like I like people to like me. Um, yeah, it probably comes from my childhood or something. Who knows? But I, you know, I like that. And so I was. Um, I, I realized that like this is it. Like I'm 30. You know, I keep bringing up my age, but like that kind of starts to set in. You're like, man, if I don't, if I don't do this now, like I'm never going to do it. Um, and that's kind of true. I people always say you can do things, new things, whenever, but you can't be a 50 year old guy doing a startup. Right. And especially because I want to have a family one day, like this is the time. And I thought to myself, um, 
okay, I can either do this and it sets myself up for the rest of my life and it, it's successful, or at least brings me new opportunities or whatever, or I don't do it and I go down a path of like, you know, nothing. I don't know. So I, I just came to the point where I, I had to make a decision. I, yeah. I, it's hard to really explain, but um, if anybody who's ever been there and listens to this, they'll, they'll understand. So that's kind of what it was. I was just like, I, I don't know. I saw myself as like, this will change the rest of my life if I do it correctly. And if I, if I don't make this, um, you regret the things you didn't do. You don't yeah. regret the things you did do. Right. And so I regret not moving to a different city when I was in my twenties. I re- so if I didn't do this now, um, my only regret if I had one was not to do it earlier, I guess. You mentioned that it was about four months into your year long without employment that the idea for Connect the Bridge, go, yeah. walk the audience through where that idea came from. Were you always passionate about the recruiting process or how? I mean, obviously you had a background in finance, so it seems a little in a I different think, direction, yeah. but no, no, I guess, I guess. <laughs> walk us no, through like, so, that. So, I mean, hiring, hiring is a pain in the ass. Nobody likes it. Yeah. Um, honestly, like most people don't like it. There are parts of it that are fun. You can talk to people, you meet new people, you can help your company grow. But like when I was at Morgan Stanley, I would do a lot of interviews and hire a lot of people. When I was at Relief, I was in charge of uh, two employees there. But, and then in the restaurant industry, you're always hiring. So it was like, we were hiring, you know, five, 10 different people uh, a week sometimes at all the different restaurants. But so hiring was always a pain point, right? They say you start businesses because of what you've been through and what you know, and I was like, well, this is kind of a thing. Um, I like helping people. I thought when I was like back in uh, high school, going into college, I was like, Man, I should, I want to be a teacher, but they don't get paid enough. And I was like, that's literally the thought I had in my head. So I've always wanted to help people. I like working with people. I like, you know, the most satisfying thing to me is like helping other people because that's like the best thing you do for yourself. I think it feels the best and you feel like you're making a difference. Yeah. So this gave me the opportunity to kind of really help a lot of people, right? Um, I mean, connect the bridges. It's a hiring marketplace for those who don't know or who hasn't, whatever. Um, it's for small businesses. And then we're going to add a whole freelance piece to it for local freelancers as well. And so basically it gives small businesses like a, a marketplace for the, you know, the Amazons of the world can't come in and just buy up all the, the space on the job boards. Um, and so it's, it's been, um, I don't know, it's like, I like helping people and I like succeeding. And I, I knew this was a problem. And so we're trying to change it to where like it, it's, we just set the set the system or structure up for you. And all you have to do is just focus on getting the right candidates for you. So we make it really easy for small businesses because when we were, when I did the ones that I had or worked at the small business that I had, there wasn't really a process because a lot of times when you're just starting out, there's, you don't have standard processes for things. You yeah. just do them. Right. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to just create a very simple process for small businesses to hire uh, and give them a level playing field uh, and go from there. It started out kind of like, as like, um, I want to like do courses, which is going to be part of it anyway. And just like have local freelancers do courses and then also do my own things like that, where I can just teach people new skills, teach people how to kind of like, you know, be a freelancer in a sense. Cause that's kind of what I thought I was going to do. So it started there and then it morphed into like this kind of community building thing where we're going to have the resources page where we have courses, but we're going to have uh, individuals from Columbus write articles, um, you know, and help people out that way, just connecting people all around the city, with um you know opportunities and so i already kind of did that <laughs> which is part of the thing like i yeah. people were like hey do you know somebody for this job or can you help me out or do you know anybody for this and i i would always um i guess i kind of have an answer so between hiring being a, a pain in the ass when you work for small businesses and then also the fact that i kind of just between all the different jobs that i had and just kind of being uh you know when you're front and center in a restaurant you meet a lot of people i was like i think this can work uh, and then I started to believe that it will work. So, you know, I, from that point, after four months, the last eight 
months, the, the idea kind of floated all around and morphed into different uh, directions. And then I started just throwing it out there and just meeting with people and trying to get their feedback on they yeah. thought this would be a good idea. Um, and then I, I luckily, I mean, look, like, you know, like I said, I, I've met a lot of people. I had a, a buddy of mine who uh, used to live here. I worked with him at Morgan Stanley of all places. And he now lives down in Raleigh, North Carolina with his family. Um, he's like a stay at home dad. And he was like, I, you know, I would love to join you on this. Uh, what can I do? And then he ended up literally just learning the code base that we use for the website. And he's the, the co-founder who kind of developed the whole site. Um, I'm in charge of everything. The, like, the marketing, the design, the, you know, how we're going to get people on there and how we're going to work. Cause it, it's based out of Columbus and he doesn't live here. So I, you know, it's, it's on me, but he came up and was like, let's do this. And then from there for the next three or four months, we kind of just like shot things back and forth uh, on design, on, you know, the name on all kinds of stuff. And we kind of just morphed into it. Um, there's really no, you know, there's no structure to like do it. You just kind of have to do it. Like there's no like checklist that you need to check a box on. Um, you just kind of have to start writing things down. It's kind of, it's one of the reasons like I, I almost made a comment. I was like, I don't have anything on my wall. I took down stuff on my wall. I just put up like large sheet paper um, and just started like, writing shit down and then like doing like, you know, uh, skeleton web flows for the website and how we want to kind of work, um, you know, which we're going to add to obviously, but it just kind of came out. It just started flowing out. I was like, I, I know all these things I can do this. And as you start to like really build things, your confidence kind of grows. Um, and then from there, it's just a matter of executing. There's going to be times though. And we, I'm sure we're going to talk about this here soon. I mean, there's times where I'm scared shitless, right? It's like, Oh, okay. We're you know launching a website and the feedback you're going to get you're once again, we all worry about what people think of us. And so, you know, that day was pretty nerve wracking. Um, I don't consider this too nerve wracking, but I, I was talking to Zach, who's a co-founder. He's like, this would, this would this be so daunting. I'm like, well, I'll be fine. But, you know, things like this, <laughs> I, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to like hiring events and meet people face to face. I'm going to do events and I'm going to speak at places. And I'm going to, you know, I have to kind of be this more public person than I, than I, um, than I was before, especially, you know, the last three years prior to that. Um, you know, the whole social media aspect of it too. Like I'm never, I was never really super active. And so like the thought of recording myself in a video and like putting it out for people to judge me all the time was like kind of nerve wracking. Once again, not to bring up the age again, I didn't grow up with social media. I didn't grow up yeah. with cell phones. Yeah. I, you know, it's not like second nature to me. Like it is a lot of people just to like whip it out and start recording stuff. and like walking yeah. down the street. Like the thought of me, like walking down the street right now and recording myself talking is just like, Ugh, you know, scared the shit out of me a little bit, honestly, <laughs> but you just got to do it. And you just got to not care. Like people really don't care that much as much as you think they care. I think it's, it's a big takeaway. Like people, you're going to be like, Oh my God, what are they going to think of me? First off, who gives a shit? Right. Uh, second off, they don't really, I promise you, they don't think about it as much as uh, you think they do. I always ask the question when you're going through obstacles or challenges or fear in your life. I think a lot of people, you kind of touch on it. A lot of people don't take the action. They tell people yeah. I, the number of times I've heard of ideas of businesses. And I always just say, just go do it because the difference yeah. between you and the person that's super successful is not usually uh, how talented it is. It's just the fact that, that you execute. Like I've heard somebody be like, I want to start a podcast. I'm like, so where's the podcast? Like you just have to yeah. execute on that yeah. idea if you want to get somewhere. And it does seem so cutthroat and it seems 
kind of harsh at times. My friends are always like, you're so intense or you're so abrasive. And I'm like, it's just the reality of what's in front of you and what you need to do to be successful. But for people out there listening that are going through an obstacle in their life or are going on there or embarking on their entrepreneurial journey similar to yours, what advice would you give them for overcoming, whether it's feedback or people disagreeing with them? I think there's a lot that kind of goes into it when you're doing something that everyone else is not doing. Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I, I, um, every once in a while, I get sucked into TikTok at night. I think that's like, <laughs> a lot of people relate to that. <laughs> I mean, I have to, I've had to delete it like four times. I can get off my phone, these stupid videos. But anyway, th- th- there's actually a decent amount of content that I actually oh, yeah. like. If you follow the right, if you curate your page right or whatever. Yeah. And so like, there was a video, I'm, I'm sure you've maybe even seen it. It's like Tom Hanks and a bunch of actors at the table. And they asked kind of a similar question. And he just says, uh, this too shall pass, right? So like, when times are good, this too shall pass. Like everything is fluid in life. Times are hard, this too shall pass. I mean, obviously there's some situations out there where people have a tough life and it's been a tough life their whole life. But like, imagine looking back in your life and some of the tougher spots that you've been in and then where you're at now, it, this too shall pass, right? So yeah, it's going to be tough. There's going to be times when you're like, how do I get through this? Or I need, uh, I need money or I need this and whatever. And, um, you know, this too shall pass. And, and, and this is the big thing too. Um, and this is going to answer the question at the end of the podcast a little bit, but lean on your friends and family. Uh, sometimes don't be scared to kind of ask for help. Um, I, I can't preach that enough. People care about you. They want you to succeed mostly. And that whole, like helping others helps you thing well they also feel the same way you're not unique in that respect so lean on them honestly like uh get a coffee and just talk to them um go on walks clear your mind that's i mean honestly i i I love to go walking now it's like my favorite thing to do but um lean on your parents a little bit if you have to just go visit them just get out you know you're going to feel uncomfortable the whole process is going to feel uncomfortable uh launching a business feels uncomfortable but just be proud of yourself um you know if other people can do it but I mean, I'm sure I'm sure everybody's out there seeing somebody who's like, how is this person? And some of the dumbest people I know are like successful shits. They just show up every day. It's like, <laughs> that's really it. I, I know some really dumb people. I'm like, man, this guy's he's fucking doing really well for himself. Like, you know, he's in real estate or whatever. It's like, man, that, the reason why is because he just shows up and does the work every day. Um, that's really that's it. I don't know how to really just kind of push through it. This too shall pass is this the best thing I'd say looking back on your life and your journey and i know everyone that's in their 30s 40s and 50s always says everything makes sense but i think it's hard especially i'm talking to myself right now when you're in situations where like this doesn't make sense like this is not part of my plan what advice would you give yourself in your 20s on trusting the journey of your life especially within your career yeah it's you know it's funny like looking back um i guess growing up you think everybody has it figured out and like the secret to life is like nobody has to figure it out. Yeah. That's like something I've learned. Right. We really I mean, we know where we're going, a general direction, but really don't know. So it's like you have to kind of reset those expectations on things. And when you're dealing with people, like you think your parents have it all together, then you realize you have friends who are parents, you're like, man, they don't have it together. You know, what I mean? like, <laughs> and I, it's you no, know, and that's not hating on anybody. They're they do, right? But yeah. like they don't. You figure it out as you go along. Uh, you put faith in yourself and you believe in yourself and what you're capable of. Um and just be nice to people and shit works out. It really does. Um, you know, another thing is like never, ever, ever think you have it, uh, figured out, right. Some, some of the bigger mistakes people make when they're younger and myself too, 
was just had thinking I knew more than what I did. And in the switch I made, I don't know when I made it, it was like in the late twenties. And it was like, I don't know anything. Right. I, I really don't. And like, you know, um, when you're in your twenties, don't, don't assume that you have figured out. Cause every like five years I look back and I'm like, man, I really knew nothing five years ago yeah. compared to what I know now. And just, um, and that's not like facts and things like that. That's just about life in general, like what it means. So yeah, just be humble. Uh, always learn. Like, I think the thing that gets me out of bed every morning is just my curiosity. I like to learn more than anything, um, and help people obviously, but, um, learning it's like, Oh, I got to do this today. And sometimes, you know, you, it, this like goes back to like, when you're like doing, I don't know, day-to-day stuff for the business, um, you know, uh, do the hardest thing first thing in the morning. I usually do whatever thing, whatever I know I have to actually learn as opposed to like a, a trivial yeah. task I can just do in my sleep. Um, I do those first and kind of get the brain going, but yeah, I, I love to learn, love to, uh, you know, that's the best advice I can give somebody is just be curious. Um, it just makes life more fun. You posted on your social media account. I know he's saying that he's not on social media, but you posted something that was like rules to live by, which I thought yeah. was super interesting. And you wrote like a bunch of different rules. Where oh, yeah. did you went that? Backpack. Yeah. That's an old one. I got to do my research. Where <laughs> did that stem from? I feel like there's a side of you. So I didn't say this at the beginning. So Nolan and I met, I believe you were in charge of a bar, right? Yeah, probably. If you, yeah. I mean, at that given time, sure. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> It's like, I don't even remember. So basically, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That makes two of us. Um, No, but he was a manager at one of the bars downtown when I ran into you because I was working at Novak's at the time. Then you and I became really good friends. CJ, I know I was good friends with him. Like you guys Mm -hmm. all kind of like ran in the same group. But I do feel like there's a side of you, the giving side of you that I don't think I've necessarily seen, but I've seen it come out ever since you launch connect at the bridge and some of the content and the stuff that you're posting. Yeah. So to bring it back to the initial question, the rules yeah. to live by, where did that idea stem from? Or have you always been passionate about this growth mindset? And I always have been, okay. um, I think, I think what, it, you know, what it is, is that saying those things or, or, or posting things like the vulnerability, right? That's why yeah. we don't do it. That's why I don't show that side or what's why I didn't prior to like maybe this year. It's because you you feel vulnerable the more deep you go into like your feelings, right? And the whole rules to live by thing was just like, I think I posted on my birthday like five, six years ago. And it was like, you know, when you see smoke, there's always fire. Like little things that I just picked up along the way from just being um, extremely observant, which actually is one of like, I think my best skills and I got it from bartending. But the vulnerability of like putting yourself out there and like, you know, writing that letter that I wrote or putting like, you know, all that, like that's the scary part, right? But yeah, just, I don't know. But the vulnerability part of it is probably why I, didn't open up as much before. So there might be that whole side. I mean, there is that side of me. I just, there, it's been inside of me the whole time, but it's like showcasing it. Um, and, and, you know, when people got to really know me, they knew that, but in putting it on social media, honestly, it gives you authenticity too, um, as a person, which is, I think the biggest thing is people can do nowadays. Cause a lot of the content that we used to, you know, get was like scripted and all this. And now I think the most popular stuff is just the most unscripted, uh, this is real type stuff like this conversation. Like I'm sitting in my living room near there. It's like, this is a, this is a conversation that people want to listen to rather than not. Cause um, I think more than ever, people just want to relate to somebody. Um, and so I think that through social media, just become more vulnerable. I write that blog every week too. And that that's kind of actually helped me a lot. I started that January 1st and I just, it's not that popular. I just have fun with it, but um, you know, I started sharing more and more feelings on that. And I had people reach out and was like, Hey, thanks for sharing your feelings. This is really cool. Like I actually got a lot out of this. And so 
I just kept doing it. But, um, you know, do something that makes you uncomfortable kind of like every day, do something tough every day. Um, talk I, to a stranger. I don't you know. Sorry. <laughs> why this year? Why do you feel that this year? I think vulnerability. And I actually had this conversation with one of my coworkers, uh, cause he opened up to me a lot, but he would always tell me that he was the opposite. And I was like, maybe it's because I'm someone that I feel like can bring out the vulnerability because I'm very open and like, will make fun of myself. Like, I don't give a shit if you're going to make fun of me. I'll, I'm probably making yeah, fun of myself yeah, first. Yeah. Like, Oh, my hair looks bad. Yeah. I already know I didn't do it. Yeah. Um, but why do you feel that it was this past year? Do you feel it's age or what kind of flipped in your mind that you started to lean into the vulnerability yeah. and recognizing that that's not a weakness. It's actually a strength. The strength. It yeah. really is. You, you get to learn a lot about yourself. Um, you know, probably the best skill that I wish I would have started a long time ago was like writing every day. Yeah. Um, the clarity that brings to your mind and just like, you know, learning about yourself, um, when you write and actually putting words, like there are some things I write that I never, I don't post, but like they're pretty deep. Right. I don't know yeah. if, um, you know, maybe you kept a diary when your younger kids did that and maybe that helped them. Be I love Nolan you know? was one of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. That's funny. Um, yeah, that was um <laughs> okay go <laughs> now he's like oh god no, 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 that's good that's good that's good um i know where i was going now thanks i uh, but yeah i don't know you're Just, saying you know, journaling I, you're talking about journaling and yeah, what that's you know, you. um it, you know i sometimes i i would have people like i don't know like i have a friend of mine who was also kind of like you know not being vulnerable enough and wanted yeah. to be do it so we help we help keep each other accountable um, accountability partners, I guess, in a sense that we don't do it anymore because we're good now, but you know, do it with somebody who also is kind of there, right. Taking yeah. it, uh, you know, it was a, I'd rather jump than fall type of thing. So just do it. Um, that we have more control over it and you can kind of do it from there, but it's only been, it's only helped me tremendously, um, figure out, I guess, kind of who I am and where I want to be in life. And also like really helps, um, you know, get clarity on other things as well. I don't know. I mean, it, it's helped people, um, they reach out yeah. to me all the time and it's a good feeling. It's cool. How do you feel that leaning more into vulnerability as a strength has changed who you are as a leader and the way you lead people, especially now being a co-founder of a business? Yeah. Um, good question. I think, you know, authenticity goes a long way and authenticity I think is, is a byproduct of vulnerability. Um, I would rather work with somebody or do business with somebody who is more authentic than, than not. I think that's the best thing I can give you. Um, you know, if people think you're real, right. You know, yeah. rather than just like, I'm trying to sell you something. Um, you know, it's just kind of what it is. I was like, Hey, I'm wearing, I was like, Hey, I'm wearing a hat. Like this is actually, this is what I would wear. So I was like, I don't want to, you know, it, by yeah. putting a, I, I was listening to a podcast the other day, uh, Stephen Bartletter guy. Diary oh, yeah. CEO, yeah. And he was like, I, when I go on stage now and give speeches, I don't wear suits anymore. I wear like, you know, track suits or nice pants, or whatever. Cause he, that's just kind of who he is. And he yeah. said that his, the people that, consume his, um, you know, content, um, noticed it. And so I don't know, just, you know, be yourself, be vulnerable, but you'll learn so much. It, it's the best thing you could do is, is write every day and just be open with people. There'll be some things that you'll always want to keep to yourself. And uh, honestly, maybe do you, I probably should go to, we all could go see a therapist. I probably could benefit from that too. Cause there's some things that I probably haven't, uh, opened up about to people. Why, why I know there is. So you know, those things you need to get out because um, you don't even know how they kind of affect you. Uh, you know, thinking back to like when I was growing up, it's like, why do I want people to like me so much? Is it because my parents didn't give me enough affection? That might, that could be, I don't know. But people yeah. like things like that, like you really start to learn who you are. And this past year, I've like, the biggest thing it is, I had time to think, right? Yeah. I think we're so busy 
with work and fucking social life and all that stuff, we don't have time to think about much, mm-hmm. right? Because we're constantly being whatever. So those four months and then after that, when they can kind of whatever, sit around and just think, I guess, man, it just really kind of changed everything. Um, and that's kind of when I started to become more vulnerable because I just didn't, I was like, I need to get this stuff out. I need to talk to people. I need to, I don't know. Um, maybe it was my own therapy. I, I, I don't know, but um, it was cool. I'm, I'm glad I did it, I guess. The biggest thing that changed, I also think when you have a personality that's always go, 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 I'm very similar to you, like always had multiple jobs, always been doing more, always working hard, always have a next goal. And it's funny, last night I did a meditation and I've been meditating like over a year now and that has single-handedly changed my life in such a different way. And I never understood why, but for me, I'm so incredibly hard on myself and I never yeah. understood this about myself until... I've even gotten feedback from other people. They're like, you're way too hard on yourself. But I feel like in meditation, it really allowed myself to just be. And when you're just there and you're in silence, that's when the creativity stems. That's when ideas start to pop into your head. It's when things start flowing to you because you're giving yourself the space and opening up your energy to allow things to come in. So I think it's so important that a lot of us don't take the time to slow down because they think it's bad or I'm not going to hit this goal or whatever it is. But it's funny because every single time I've slowed down or I've been forced to, I've never done this willingly because God knows it's not my DNA, but every single time I'm forced to slow down, like right now without a job, I'm like, I know it's because there's something flowing to me that I had to take this time to let go before. Have you been enjoying these two months? Have you been like, you know, it's only been three weeks and I'm not having three weeks. Oh, <laughs> okay. Three weeks have been great. I imagine. Right? Like, no. yeah, this is cool. Uh, I can say, like, no, I'm kidding, but um, no. And I don't handle it very well. I think a, it's because I know that I like to control things. B, I think it's because I had this whole plan of like moving to Austin in January and doing all these things. I just started making good money. And then I was like, everything got taken away from me. And I was like, yeah. what the like for the yeah. first time ever I found a job that I liked and it's funny because Michael the producer back there he's like this is gonna lead you to where your entrepreneurial journey is and you would have never taken this time so I was like I know there's a reasoning in the whole thing but it's hard when you're yeah. going yeah. through it to be like what the hell and my mom's like why don't you start <laughs> yeah. dating and I'm yeah. like oh hi I'm Aaron and I don't have a job like yeah. no yeah, mom, yeah. Oh, don't, don't even get me started on that yeah I <laughs> I my friends gonna- are like no one you gonna ever get a girlfriend I'm like uh what the, what the fuck do I have to sell like I <laughs> employed for six months and like i have nothing but an idea so if they don't fall in love with the idea right away uh what are they gonna do like, yeah there's no way uh, plus, you, know, I, you know money's uh when you're when you don't have a job you have to watch your mic be taking girls on dates all the time so i'm hoping that you know uh that this goes well i'm not hoping it will yeah uh and then I, you know i have something to to offer um you know not just my myself my sense of humor that's, I guess, but, that's all you need which is actually funny that we're talking about that because my last question to you before we begin to wrap up this podcast is how has the idea of success changed for you over your twenties and then now into your thirties? So whether it's evolved or whether the idea of a success has remained the same. Oh, it's changed completely. Um, I, I used to value things right a lot more. I used to think emotionally a lot more, which I think is a whole like brain developing thing. I don't want to get into that, but like, now I think logically about things. Uh, you know, I don't. Um, I don't think with emotion near as much. Emotion is still a part of it. Understand that feelings come and go. But uh, yeah, my 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 thought of success now 
um, isn't so much of like, you know, buying the next thing. Cause like we, we live in like a society now it's like for those 12 or 10 years that I was working in the corporate world or whatever, um, every time you got a raise or you got a new job or better, whatever, it's like you increased your shit, right? You got a nicer car. Eventually you got a better apartment. And it's like, you never really feel like you're actually doing better because the amount of money that you have left over every month is, is kind of the same. Cause you just keep increasing your shit. Right. So like I, my, my mind has shifted away from that to like time. Right. We talked about it earlier. It's like, I would rather have freedom of time than, than, um, wealth, I guess. I mean, I think they come in hand in hand to be honest with you. Yeah. You can have freedom of time unless you have wealth, but like, and it, you have to understand, like, it's going to take time to get there. You're going to have to yeah. sacrifice time to get there. The thing is like, uh, the timeline and of life is, is shorter than you think. Um, you know, I, I sounds weird saying that out loud, but like it kind of is, you know, um, I mean, they held these last three years, COVID was, I feel like COVID just started yesterday. It's like been two yeah. and a half years since the years. So like time goes fast. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely changed. And so by my wanting to get more time, um, is now my like main thing I'm working towards that. That's what keeps me moving in. And honestly, it, it's the, it, it, it's a lot more motivating and it's a lot more, um, whatever uh i don't know the quite word i'm looking for but like the the thought ahead of like what things will look like in five years if things go well is a lot more attractive than they were like 10 years ago when i thought like oh i'll have a nicer house or i'll have this it's like those things don't really matter i just want to have spend time with my family my friends i i didn't get a chance to travel as much as i would like uh early on experiences or whatever um so I'd like to have more experiences, I guess, vacations, things like that. But I can't get there unless like these next five years or three, four, five years, I work really hard and then push it to get there. But the end of the road or end of the tunnel where I want to be uh, looks completely different than it did like five, 10 years ago. I love that. I think too, that's one I've noticed that about myself. And I talked to my financial advisor about that too. He's, he's around your age. And he's like, I always thought like, I wanted a nicer car. I wanted a nicer house. I want all this thing. And he's like, now it's the complete opposite. And it's so funny because I do feel like for me, it's always been the opposite. And I just think, I don't know where this came to me. I definitely have always been an old soul, but for me, it's always been about time. And I'm like, I just don't really care about it. Like once you buy that nice purse or you buy the nice car, it's just like, it, it just sits there. It's, it, there's, yeah. it's not, it's a very fleeting feeling, but for me, like yeah. going on trips or spending time with my friends or spending time with my family, like obviously you want all the nice things, but at the end of the day, I would much rather make the sacrifice to have more time and spend time with the people around me than have those material things. Now, I also yeah. think it's, instant gratification which i think aren't a lot of our society is about versus like delayed yeah. so or i don't know the other one but it's like instant gratification versus delayed like, gratification yeah, yeah yeah delayed gratification i think when you lean towards the delayed gratification you're leaning more in towards time and things that are a long-term success versus yeah. oh i get a hundred dollars hundred dollars now i'm going to spend it or if i invest this a hundred dollars now it's going to look like a lot more than that in 10 years yeah, yeah. so but, yeah i mean the, the the instant gratification thing is real um you know, everything we have, we have at our fingertips. And even social media thing, it's like, oh, I can, I want food. Like I can order it. Yeah. in 10 minutes. That's so, oh, it's, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's great. But like, is it, has it made yeah. us fucking lazy? Has it made us less social? Yeah, absolutely. That's those side effects of it are actually not good. Um, but yeah, delaying gratification is big. I, I still struggle with that. I imagine I'll struggle with it for the rest of my life, but um, yeah. it's something every day that I, I think about, you know, I look at my screen time. I'm always like, oh, that's, that's not good. But um <laughs> Yeah, I'm wondering. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, get you know, off your they, phone. They paint a nice picture of like this whole like founder life, but like it's you know, um, yeah. From days days are all different. It's it's fun. I love it, but some days you don't get a lot done. Some days you get a lot done, and you know you're not. It's not like a constant hustle like they say it is. It's impossible to be like that. Um, but yeah, you know, that's a good reminder. All right. Well, I want you to pimp yourself out. I'm going to put everything in the show notes. I know I repeat this in every single episode, but where can people, so you're only in Columbus in terms of the recruiting, uh-huh. but shout yourself out, market yourself in terms yeah. of your business. Uh, personal stuff is that new Jermaine. That's my, uh, <laughs> my username across all platforms. So uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, I'm a big <laughs> Twitter guy. I really like Twitter. Oh. I okay. Um, it's I not good for the you. business because there's nothing there, but yeah. Um, the last name is Venucci, so it's a good play on the name. So, and then connect to the bridge.com. If you're in Columbus, uh, visit it, sign up, uh, do all that fun stuff. If not, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to me. I love, I, like I said, I love helping people. I love talking on this kind of stuff. Uh, when Aaron asked me to be on the podcast, it was, it was a no brainer. It was, it, I was excited to do it actually. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Nucci made across all of them bridge. You'll see, you'll see my profile each, unfortunately, each social at was different because they weren't available across yeah. all platforms. So, but they're all on my profile. If you want to follow that as well, or it's connectedthebridge.com. Um, if you want to talk about how to start a business or how to get funding or anything like that. Um, you know, or I if you want to go on a date now. with Nolan and you're in Columbus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to go here, we'll go, uh, you know, there's a little dive bar down the road. That's what I do nowadays, but. Um, he can walk you there. He yeah, can't drive be you. Very romantic. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Miller lights and long walks would be perfect. So, um, oh, no. I'm kidding. I'm oh. Halfway kidding. But, yeah, he's um, not kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Perfect. Okay. Well, I'm going to put all that in the show notes. And then the last question that I ask every single person is Nolan Venucci, yeah. what are you grateful for today? Good, good one. Um, I, so friends and family, I, I've always been, and this is a cop out answer, but it's not. So, um, I've always been kind of giving. I've never asked, right? Like to yeah. ask for help is a big step. It's hard to yeah. do. I've never done it. Uh, I don't know if it's like the old school kind of uh, male thing where they just kind of deal with it, right? Yeah. Do, do deal with it. It's like, well, I kind of did that. So having to ask for like help and having to like reach out to people to lean on and ask for, you know, whatever it is. Um, I had to do that this past year. And so, and they, and people came through, they, they were, they were ready to help. They were nice. Uh, they, they, they did what I asked of them. Um, you know, instead of filling their cup up and being kind of that guy who was always kind of there for them. Um, I actually had to turn around and kind of like cash in some of my goodwill. Uh, not that I, not that I calculate that shit, but like I had yeah. to ask them for help. Right. So it was like for them to, nobody was even like, most people weren't even blinking an eye. They were just like, yeah, what do you need? What can I do? Um, and then the reaction from uh, starting the business now and people reaching out and asking what they can do to help. And so I'm really just grateful for the fact that for uh, the first time in, in my life where I've really had to uh, ask for help from friends and family or, or to get you to where I'm at now, um, that they were there. And so I, it's really put like a solidified my, I want to spend more time with them uh, aspect of life because they were, they showed that they were true friends and, and my family was well, obviously. So um, that's what I'm grateful for, whether or not that's an easy answer. It is, but it really does mean something to me. That's a good one. And I'm going to steal yours when I say what I'm grateful for. Uh, I'm going to say my family as well, too. I feel like it's so, I've been home with them and then I'm going to go back home. So I feel like 
when I'm away from them, I'm like, wow, I love this space. But then when I'm back with them, I'm reminded of how grateful I am for their support, especially during tough times, probably similar to yeah. the last year of your life when you just need people to lean on. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for yeah. being on this podcast. You were so fun.